This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to episode... fa la 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 This week, festive fixtures thick and fast, new deals under the tree for McGregor and Dembele, and we have to deck the Huns without Tom Rogic. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tips. Hello and welcome to episode 163 of 20 Minute Tims. I am joined this week by myself and Melly. Greetings. Seasons greetings. And Stephen. Nah, stole my bit there. I was yeah. going to say seasons greetings. Uh, fa la 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 or something. Christmas, etc. Which is quite literally one foggy Christmas Eve. It is one foggy Christmas Eve. Yeah. And I am good King Wensless last week. <laughs> um, this is unusual for me. No, I wasn't on holiday. I was just... Right sick. Yeah, we're right sick, yeah. Welcome welcome home, by the way. Welcome uh, back. Paying the price for my mobbing an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> I didn't get uh, the flu vaccine this year and it scalped me a belter. Um, I haven't missed much, have I? You skipped the episode where we had two defeats, right? Enough. <laughs> yes, that's, <laughs> what I was, that's what I was alluding to. <laughs> I'm back for the wins. I only, it's in my contract, Quite I only right. get to talk about wins. Melly, how do you think the festive fixture pile-up has gone for Celtic so far? The games have been coming thick and fast. Good to get those two wins under the belt before the two biggies. Two home games we'd expect to win, but both really good performances. That's something. It was a wee bonus because you just need these games won, but to win them both, no clean sheet, eh, two clean sheets and good goals all round. Stephen, happy with the festive fixtures thus far as it is on Christmas Eve? If we're talking about December as a whole, it's been up and down, but this week, this week's been been good. Let's let's face it. Melly said on a recent episode that. He wasn't too bothered about the level of performance going into these games. It was merely about getting the wins mm. at home. But more on that, more on that to come. Yes, first off, some Christmas housekeeping. Um, and as we record this on Christmas Eve, it is the last day to donate to our Chaz charity drive, which has gone way beyond any expectations yes. we had. Yeah, The generosity of some of your guys has been absolutely exceptional. Um, I know, Stephen, you touched on the huge donation that we had last week. That's right, yeah, a donation of £307. Yes, and uh, just yesterday, um, James Daly, another podcast listener and a Patreon, as a matter of fact, chipped in with £160 and that drove us over the £1,000 mark. It did. We're currently, as we was record, setting at £1,040 and we set the target at 500 so you know, significantly over that. Yes, uh, you... We donated on behalf of the Celtic TV. Wonderful. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. How many times was it in the end? 40. And <laughs> I humbly apologise for everyone for whom I have ruined Celtic TV forever. Because no, no, you it, haven't ruined Celtic TV, no, well, yeah. Celtic TV ruined Celtic <laughs> TV. 
it's it's now becoming it's like Chinese water torture. And once you've noticed it's there, you're like, oh Jesus! Every every single one of them's like a punch in the face. Again, not having a go at the guys. They out there doing their best. They're doing their best, and in fairness to them, it is wonderful. It's just there are other words. <laughs> <laughs> there are other words to use. Of oh, course, there. a portion of that comes from the sale of mugs. So, yes, major me and thanks. Jamie to... sat for hours today packaging all the packaging, mugs. So yes. they will be winging their way to you. We were shortly. little Christmas elves, so we were <laughs> packaging these mugs. They will be with everyone who got them shortly. Melly, you touched on it on the podcast. Hot cakes. No, oh, absolutely. Aye. Sold out in less than half an hour. Yep. I was watching. I was watching the, the orders come in live. It was the most exciting thing that's happened to me this year. I've got one right beside me right now. They are, they are handsome looking mugs. It has to be said. They are, and we are handsome mugs. Also. <laughs> uh, and on that, I suppose we better get to the first of our fixtures that we have to talk about here. The first of the three nil wins as well. Motherwell, yes, Melly. We owed Motherwell, didn't we? Well. I was owed £100 after it because I put Tony Ralston first goal scorer I know. Who <laughs> <It> does? <laughs> Extraordinary. I'm surprised you only got 100 odd quid back for that. Uh, 20 to 1, 5 are on it. 20 to 1 is piss odds for Anthony Ralston scoring first, isn't it? I mean, well done for getting it, but Willie Hill should have paid your mortgage for that one. Just a uh, like wee Ralston. I thought was, he's a goal threat when he's there, and he sent me a wee message when I went on holiday, so I've always got a wee affinity for oh, him. Oh, that's like. cute. Yes. Uh, a budding relationship here. Stephen, what did you make of the Motherwell lineup? Ralston featured. His first appearance for a year I think I, yeah. I was at it's his first start since September I remember being at that game that was around my dad's birthday we took him to the game last year it was a win over Ross County I'm pretty sure at home um, yeah I thought he was good for some reason I kind of I struggle with the the general opinion on Anthony Ralston I don't know why it's quite so strong either way with yeah. Anthony Ralston because I think so far he's just been fine yeah. Celtic, I don't know. It's just because Kieran Tierney's on the other side and yeah, you're going to so. compare him to him. He's a totally different player. But. I just don't know why the opinion is such a wild swing between uh, he's, he's nowhere near good enough and he's brilliant. I think I think the games he's played for Celtic have just been pretty solidly good. I know he went away to the United and didn't really do an awful lot. Yeah. Maybe if people were keeping an eye on that more so than me, I'll happily you know, kind of defer to their knowledge on that one. I wasn't really paying attention, but... I think his actual performances for Celtic have been have been okay. I'm not going to sit here and say he is the the right sided Kieran Tierney because that's yeah. just it'd be it'd be an awful lot to ask of him to be that. But I, I think he's been totally fine, and especially that night. I'm making that face where the noise of it that comes out your face when you're making that face goes. Ah. Right. Okay. Can I can a teeth dry? Or I, can I, ah. Right. I, listen, I. I like Anthony Ralston. I like guys coming through the the academy. The more of them in the Celtic team for me, the better. Decent enough performance. Um, two performances. Yeah, decent enough two performances. Just, I think there's things he needs to brush up. I think he's quite good against easy opposition, but when the going gets tough, That's, these are the games he should be playing. It'd be great to, if we could get to the point where we have Ralston as back up to a good right back, right. <laughs> and on the other side with Tierney, maybe Calvin Miller. I'm not expecting Tory Ralston to be the right. Melling. <laughs> I'm not expecting Tory Ralston to be the right back for the next ten years, but he could be a backup and he could come in in these games. No bother. It makes some difference having a guy who's willing to get forward and can get forward and get back. Yes, there's deficiencies in his game. I noticed a lot when he was playing. Brendan Rodgers was shouting at him when he was doing mm. certain things, and he put his hand up to acknowledge. So he is still learning how to play the position and doing these things but if he's willing to learn he's willing to put it in he's got the physical attributes to be a Celtic player he's an absolute machine the, mm. the Ralstonator so <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets forward quite a lot as well he he's does not, not necessarily the quickest he's 
He's not as quick That's as Gamboa. Yeah, he's there. not as quick as Gamboa, but certainly Don't a better even defender. Don't Gamboa's no, bracket. He can't. He can't. He's faster. That's about the only thing Gamboa's got yeah, on him, to be I, fair. Oh, no, uh, definitely. Ralston's crossing, I think, sometimes leaves a bit to be desired as well. He, he could probably brush up on that. That's one thing I noticed. Oh, there uh, are in particular there's, against Dundee. There are flaws there. Without a doubt, I, I don't want to blow my academy beans on him just yet. <laughs> I just I just do think uh, yeah. that's an unpleasant yes. Christmas image there. <laughs> I apologise once again. But <laughs> listen, Stephen, you, you're thinking at Christmas. Do you like to think about snow and presents? Or do you like to think of me blowing my academy? <laughs> so I apologise for that. <laughs> um, but no, he's, he's fine. Anthony Arlson's absolutely fine, in my opinion. He's a couple of good performances. Not going to get carried away, but he's absolutely fine in there, to be honest. So someone at the beginning of their Celtic career, more or less, Anthony Ralston, to someone right in the thick of their Celtic career, Scott Brown, 500 appearances. Quite, that's actually quite a remarkable number. It, weirdly enough, it doesn't seem like that long ago we were talking about his 400th appearance. Uh, that feels like a couple of weeks ago. It was 100 it's, games ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's remarkable that... Um, but it, it does. We we were obviously doing the podcast at that time. I can remember yeah. talking about it. But five hundred is is quite the the milestone that puts him up there with the likes of your Tommy Burns, not far off the likes of Jimmy Johnson and Scott Brown will eventually eclipse all of these yeah, guys. He yeah. won't he won't reach the top of the the list, but he's going to end up with comfortably of five hundred and fifty. Dare yeah. I say it, six hundred appearances for Celtic? I know, I know. It's something for the likes of Marvin Comper team for only four hundred and ninety nine <laughs> to go. <laughs> Keep plugging away. Melly's seen a nice wee tweet at the weekend. It was Ben the Tim said that uh, Eric Sviachenko's made more appearances at Celtic Park than Marvin Compa this season. Because <laughs> he'd done the half-time draw. <laughs> yes. Which is all we know as a fix. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it looked a lot better against Motherwell going back with a back four with Ralston coming in. The usual defence has Aguirre on the other side. Back to the 4-3-3. So much better. Edward up top was playing well, I thought, before mm. he went off injured. A great bit of striker hold-up play. Takes two defenders out of the game. Puts it between the centre-half and the full-back. And Ralston comes in. We wouldn't see that from Lustig. So it's good to see no, Ralston yeah. get forward. A good, cool finish. And You're right. It was a lovely wee reverse ball, though, from yeah. Edward right in his path. But Celtic deservedly went ahead. It was a bit... I wouldn't say the crowd was agitated. But in that way, when you the game's starting, you've made a lot of changes to the team and they haven't scored within the first 20 minutes. People are thinking, is it going to be one of those nights? But as soon as the Ralston goal went in, it was just plain sailing after that. A lovely finish. I particularly enjoyed it. Made me money. So. <laughs> uh, but we looked a lot better as soon as we scored. Even before that, it was just sharp play. And then when Edward goes off and Johnson comes on, he slotted in seamlessly, eventually gets his goal. But we just missed that in the second half. We maybe missed that focal point up front. But... Everybody else around them played very well. Do you, Stephen, think it's a bit strange that... Well, might not think it's strange, but what's your opinion on the fact that it's, it seems to be Iron now that's making way for Jozo in, yeah. in the centre when when Jozo seemed to be out of the picture for so long? Do you think it's just down to maybe Jozo's doing a bit better in training or him and Benkovic have got a better understanding? It could be that, yeah, it could be. Um, it wouldn't be my choice, first off. I, I think we've, we've had a number of people in that position. It used to be Boyata plus one, but for now with Boyata at the team, it's Benkovic plus one. Yeah. There have been a few tries at it. Jack Henry's well out of the picture at the moment. Gone. It's good to have players with different attributes. So we'll come on to it a wee bit with Edward because Edward's been out of at least half of this mm. game and, and the following game as well. I think sometimes we look at things where you, you look at a position like Scott Brown and he comes out of the team or we're, we're predicting he comes out of the team and you, you think, who's going to replace Scott Brown? 
But it's not really about replacing Scott Brown. It's about how the guy that comes in for him uses his attributes. So in the, with the Dundee game, when Edward comes out of the team, it's not about who's going to do the Edward role. It's how you make the best of what the players yeah. you do have. And so I suppose with that, really you just need to find a partner for Benkovic that suits that particular game if you think you're going to be up against it. And with Motherwell, they've got physical players. They've got two Connor Salmons they up do, front. Yeah. They tend to only play one and then take one off of the other. But that boy, he's even bigger. Slamming Salmon. Has so he, he's, an, yeah. he's enormous. <laughs> but so maybe maybe that was the thing. Maybe you th- put Jozo in for somebody like that to, to try and take care of the, the more physical side of the game, whereas Ayer can come in if, you've got, if you're going to have more possession, etc. Melly, I think it was a penalty. Stonewaller <laughs> absolutely scalped him, didn't he? The most obvious penalty <laughs> probably of all time. Deserved. Yep, yeah, it was brilliant from Forrest. He just does that drop of the shoulder, goes past the guy, like, don't make a challenge. Why are you making a challenge there, mate? But Sinclair stepped up, puts it away. We've had Could have been four in a row. Could have been four in a row. Yep. But he slotted at home. In four in a row missed penalties. Yeah. Yes. Right. We've, had a yeah. wee, we've had a wee flurry of penalties recently. Yeah, I know. Um, but you're right, Sinclair... He's obviously back on the pens. We've kind of stopped talking about how many penalties the Huns get because we keep, just get, we keep get getting them constantly. Then, hours are all hours are all legit, though, Stephen. <laughs> Before we move on from Sinclair, I thought in the two game home games recently, I thought he's been brilliant. Yeah, he's back, Sinclair. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, he's been he's absolutely back to excellent. that first season form. <laughs> well, well, hopefully he can continue in this phase. There's two more games to go. Hopefully it's not because Kieran Tierney's out the side, but it, it mustn't be because he was brilliant his first season when the two of them played together. So it's good to see him playing. Forrest out on the other side being brilliant. So we've got options there. And Johnson came on and just, it was a great go. I thought maybe he'd put Forrest up front and Johnson out in the right, but he put Johnson through the middle. It's difficult for Motherwell's big hammer throwing centre halves to mark a guy like mm. that because he is so quick he's so direct and it's a smashing finish from him as well off the off the bar keeper it's a strange one for the keeper because it's quite cent- central but it's good to see him scoring power and precision beats keepers though yes at any angle on Edwards what is the latest on that because he looked to be he'll be alright he looked to be visibly upset going off like on the TV you could see him kind of wiping his eyes and I thought oh, this is absolutely <laughs> typical this is exactly what we did not want to happen our one fit striker goes off in tears yeah it was the only real blemish on the game because when we're ahead I don't know I've got, I've got a complaint oh fair enough <laughs> oh, I think I know what your complaint might be <laughs> so it just that was the one guy you thought oh no can't be because there's no there is no direct replacement for him right now. But it looks like Brendan Rogers said he'll be back. It looks like Tierney will be back and Boyata will be back for these two games. So we're starting to look strong now. Edward and, and KT will be back for for the Rangers game. I, I think I heard Rogers saying that Boyata's back in training. Oh, Lustig's going to be available for these games as well. So Boyata's all back. Positives. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just on Motherwell though, I, I don't want to criticise them too much because I accept the fact that in a league. There's got a various amount of teams, various levels and all that. I don't really want to criticise a team for just having nothing further than a survival instinct. They're just in there clawing away, trying to get points, but they are they are brutal to oh, watch. They, they are rubbish. Yeah, 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 I, I don't, yeah. I feel bad. I don't want everyone to play like Celtic or even necessarily Hibs. Not every team in the league can play like that, but you've got to draw the line somewhere and Motherwell are appalling to watch. I think both Motherwell and Dundee, although these are two good wins, two clean sheets, we have to caveat with the fact that both teams changed their teams because they thought going to Celtic Park, there's not much chance of getting anything. Yeah. They, they, Motherwell had a bigger game at the weekend, end up they get beat anyway. And 
Dundee have a bigger game this week, so they changed their team. So it was understrength teams, but Motherwell, terrible, barely created anything. And then in the second half, just came out and booted Celtic aye, from pillar you know Bobby Madden going to sort this at some point. Yeah, it actually looks almost identical to Connor Salmon as well. Maybe they just swap places. <laughs> but, uh, but you know me, I don't like to complain about getting you hacked. You complain? No, but you don't. You know what I mean? I don't like. I'm not one of these bleeding heart lefty liberals that doesn't like tackles. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I don't like complaining about getting hacked. Right? Yeah. I don't really like to do that because it's a, it's too easy. But come on, it's again, a lot of teams go to tactic uh, against us. There is a line. After which I'm just like, oh, come on, I'm just shrugging at them. Just like, That was ridiculous. How they finished the game with 11 men was yep. unbelievable. We have that complaint quite a lot. Like, yeah. and, and referees in general in Scotland seem to prefer like, the sort of physicality. You know, they'll watch people clatter into tackles and in their head they must think, oh, good tackle. <laughs> you know, rather than, that's dangerous, which is what they're there for. On complaints, where were the airing grievances here? Oh, Another goalless centre half. The second half was that. <laughs> I, I, that, I knew that was coming, Melly. I had to laugh. Uh, Football Ramble have been doing a, a wee series of Christmas specials where they kind of they pick an individual aspect of football to celebrate for Christmas. And one episode was about the but real beatings, and they said there's nothing worse than when a team goes out and does a team in the first half, and then they take the foot off the gas, and it's a goalless second half. And I thought, ah, boys, you you read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Celtic do all their work in the first half and then they just take the foot off the gas and they, they enjoy their Christmas holidays in the second half. Happened against Motherwell. Quite right. The amount of games we've got coming up, it was just get the goals. Once we're in that 3-0 lead, it is plain sailing, game management. Already lost Edward, saw a couple more substitutions, save some players on to the next one. But you're right, we do need to win these games, Stephen, because whether we like to admit it or not, and we'll come to it, I'm sure, when we're discussing the Huns, it's tight at the top. You come back to me when we're... Losing this league to Rangers on goal difference. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, it's, it is tight at the top. Oh, no, it definitely is. Yeah, joking aside, it has been... Celtic, I said it last week when you were away, I, I said Celtic should be out of sight by rights by now, but yeah. with the, the level of player we've got, the level of resources, the level of manager, should be out of sight by now, but it hasn't happened due to some shaky away form. But I, I do agree overall that it was just about getting three points in both of these these games, to be perfectly honest. So we moved on to Dundee at Celtic Park. No Kenny Miller. He was on the bench. Saving him. Saving him. Saving him for the big games, obviously. Mikey Johnson once again. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. (laughs) was again, just looking onto the pitch, you've got Mikey Johnson starting, James Forrest starting, Cal McGregor's your captain, and Tony Ralston starting. That's that's some good work going in at the academy. We're seeing the fruits of it now. Starting lineup at an average age of twenty four point seven, and that's what Izzy Gary at thirty two and skewing that. So if mm-hmm. Kieran, well, I can't really say if Kieran Tierney had started, it would drop lower because you could easily say, well, if Lustig had started, we would just go straight back. Yes. <laughs> but you get the, you get the point. But Gordon didn't start this one either, so that dropped it down even further. Scott Baines got what, ten years on Craig Gordon, I think. Yeah, he must have got 10 touches if he's lucky yeah. in that game. Absolutely nothing to do for the guy. Stroll in the park. It's good to get that goal just before half-time. Settles everything going in, undoes their game plan. Lovely. Great pass in by McGregor. Lovely to see him captain as well. Mm. 
deserves it. New contract this week as well. Great ball and lovely turn from Johnson. That turn was great absolutely See the confidence you must have to be a young player doing that up Aye. against up against those guys in defence. He's shown that from minute one. The Celtic, every one of his appearances, he looks as if he's got the confidence to take on really any opponent yeah. and would try any kind of touch, any kind of wee flick and all that. He was really unlucky not to be on the score sheet long before he eventually did as well. Their keeper had a great game considering they get pummeled 3-0. That's right. Granted, I only see them against Celtic, but it feels like this league is littered with cracking keepers because we we seem to come across games where we just can't break them down. We just don't score enough goals. But the keepers do turn in cracking performances. Even when Celtic do, leather a team, you've come away thinking, do you know what, that keeper turned in a, a shift there. Good to see Johnson as well. The second goal, it's not a goal you'd expect from the guy. Good play from Sinclair. I think he was better in the Dundee game than he was in the Motherwell. Sinclair, oh yeah. yeah. He had a full-back on toast. He did everything but score. The, before Celtic took the lead. I think he league, should have. I think he should have. He had yeah. a great shot. And I don't know how the guy managed to clear it off the line. The header was absolutely brilliant. It was near enough going in the top corner and he managed to get it away. He I think he should have goal. scored that one, to be honest. Yeah. Because he, when you look at it, it looks as if he's just... I, as you say, that he looked as if he just bent it in the top corner. He had the whole goal team. at I don't want to criticise him for it because he had an absolutely great game his best performance for ages but he should have scored that one and then I felt bad for him because later on in this game he had a wee flick and he tried to kind of back heel it in and the keeper just got something on it and yeah. then just kind of fell on the ball It's good to see him trying things like that there's another oh, yeah. another uh, one I think he did in both games where he, he took it outside and then skipped inside the guys and that, that's just what you want to see from him when you get him in that side Forrest on the other side Johnson is you say a false nine, but he's he's up front, so he's yeah. dropping in. It's just difficult for people to deal with. It was good, and again, the second goal, a couple of minutes after half-time, just absolutely kills Dundee and settles us right in again. Well, Johnston almost scored from a hit the bar. Yeah, Sinclair cut it back, and he did a, kind of, a really clever sort of no-look volley that came back off the bar. And as I said earlier, it's not about replacing Edward, it's about getting the best out of Johnson and really didn't miss Edward in this game at all because because of that aspect. Johnson was brilliant in another game, another day he could have had three or four. Yep. I think that's Izagiri. Izagiri has now played the last four league games. Yeah, the last you're done, yeah. Johnson, he went off with a slight injury, it didn't look anything serious, but still gets him saved for... Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday afternoon even, he, he's an option again. That's it, just good. Edward will be back and he should go straight back into the team because yeah. Rangers and Aberdeen will be more physical. But it's good to know that you've got a guy that you can rely on. If Edward doesn't make it or if he has to go off, Johnson has done himself no harm. And playing in a position he has played before, but it's not his natural position. So it's good for uh, Forrest as well. It keeps him in his toes because he could slot out on the right-hand side as well. How do you think Edward has done recently? There's been a lot of talk mm. about his performance, um, his contribution. Okay. It's just really difficult for the guy. We spoke about it last week. Just coming up for 20, is he? You said, Stephen? He's 21, 21 next month, yeah. It's his first full season as a first-choice striker. He's got absolutely nobody to no. keep them on his toes. No. He's got nobody to give him a rest when he needs it. Johnson's coming into that. So I think he's done fine and just need need him for these two games. And then when we bring in Jermaine Defoe and Andy Carroll, it'll be a bit, of, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of competition for him. Bank just on final thing on Johnston, that's his 12th appearance of the season. <laughs> He'll easily beat the prediction of 15 earlier um, this I season. D- yeah. I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. Um, Benkovic got himself on the score sheet. Yeah, uh, finally, after yeah. having two goals 
Well, he should have scored two. Yeah. The one Ayer took off him <laughs> against the, <laughs> against the Salzburg and the just bafflingly uh, ruled out goal against Motherwell that he volleyed into the into the front post. He's been great. He's again strolling through games. Yeah. Virgil van Dijk-esque. He just looks a class above. He's a great player to watch, especially at Celtic Park when he's got a bit more space. He can just breeze into all the space. He's a class act and he is a massive threat when he's in the other box. And it's something we spoke about at the start of the season that we lacked. We waste a lot of corners, but Izaguirre's been taking the corners recently mm. and he's done okay. McGregor's been doing okay. We seem to be more of a threat from corners, so it's another string to the bow. Just a final thing on Johnson. Another a final, final thing on <laughs> Johnson, because I've already said a final thing on Johnson, but... Yeah, he get taken off for Johnny Hayes, I think it was. But I would have taken him off anyway, even if he didn't have a slight niggle, because I think he deserved the ovation that he got when yeah. he came off. I think it was a nice wee touch nice to Nice to get off. him a hat-trick, but if possible. Yeah, but that's if there's any true. sort of injury, get him off. Yeah. Uh, in this game as well, Tony Ralston did everything but score. There was a great half-volley hit, good save by the keeper. Then he put was put through again, he hit the post. The post that's right. <sighs> didn't put him on this time. I thought I'd had, had, enough, had enough winnings out of him. But he's looking a threat going forward and it's it's just refreshing to see because Tierney's a threat on the other side. If we can get a right back who's the same on the other side, again, it's another string to the bow. Just on Benkovic's goal, you mentioned that it was Ryan Christie that set that up with a, a nice, nice yep. effort. Um, the, the keeper parried out. The keeper had had a good game up until that point, but he parried it out straight to Benkovic who swept it home. So it's good to see Christie back. Um, we kind of feared the worst when he picked up that injury mm. against uh, Salzburg, but he's obviously back fighting fit already. It's, which is good because we need, as you touched Absolutely. on earlier, we need these guys back. We need yeah, these guys a, back. It's a he's tough, another option up front because he played in the 7 0 Motherwell game, mm-hmm. didn't he? He played right. up front. Uh, Jack Aitchison scored in that game as well. He came on. He's an, he's another guy in, on the well in the reserve squad, but he's not really been brought up at all. Scoring goals just now. Yes. Yeah. On this game, it was uh, McGregor who was playing the deeper role again. It looks so much better with McGregor there than Brown, mm. to be honest. It just seen game after game how it changes. I thought McGregor played a lot better against Dundee than he did against Motherwell. Was that his forty second game of the season so far? <laughs> well, the evidence is stacking up with this. It's a debate that's raged for a while now. Can you fit Brown and McGregor into into those roles without losing too much from the team and? It's not a slight on Scott Brown, it's praise for Callum McGregor because yep. he because he's been so good. Prior to this, before we knew McGregor was capable of playing this role, we were perfectly happy with Scott Brown yep. doing it. But it's just it's it's added a completely different dimension and raised Celtic's pattern of play to a completely different level having McGregor in there. Uh, absolutely. I think I mean we sort of it's touched on it a couple of weeks ago when he first started playing this position, but and it's something we've spoke about in this podcast for a long time when Scott Brown moves on. You don't need another Scott Brown. No, no. But there is certainly a place for Scott Brown in the Celtic team. Absolutely. You know, I'd be very, very surprised if he didn't feature at Ibrox, for example. Well, Rogic is, looks like he's away now, so just slots in for Rogic, basically. But before we talk about the Huns, which is I know what I'm busting to talk about and everyone else wants to hear, we have Aberdeen. The toughies, tougher, tougher There's game. Tougher game. There are only four points separating the top four teams at the moment, albeit we have a game in hand. Aberdeen, as it stands, are third place, one point behind Rangers, three point behind us. They're quietly doing it again, Aberdeen. Yeah. yeah, Despite their crap start to the season, they've quietly gone about their business yet again. Everyone's talking about Steve Clark, everyone talks about Neil Lennon, but Aberdeen just somehow managed to sneak in there just without anyone noticing. They've won five of the last six since the last playing Celtic, including finally 
winning a so-called big game at Ibrox. Yep. Beat Hearts as well, didn't they? I yep. think so, yeah. Yeah, beat they beat us twice, even beat... though they're a class below them, so yeah. it's good going. It's not bad. It's not bad. They're scoring goals again. Does this one worry you, Stephen? Uh, just, what worries me about it is Celtic's aforementioned shaky away form, really. I, I just I worry about Celtic in this rather than Aberdeen. I don't really buy this this whole thing that Aberdeen just simply bottle it against. I, I saw a bizarre article after the cup final that Aberdeen had yet again bottled another cup final. You can't really bottle something you were huge no. underdogs for. That that doesn't make any sense. And so I don't really, I don't agree that they don't do it in big games. They've beaten Celtic when they had to last season at Celtic Park and they've just beaten Rangers to, to claw their way back into a sort of a title race. Um, they are they're playing well. Sam Cosgrove, uh, who I previously thought was a complete donkey <laughs> has now he's scored six in his last four games Aye. after previously only scoring two all season they were both in the same game so another thing what i'm sure we'll go on to talk about is you know people say morelos is the best striker in scotland and people think well edward's surely better griffiths is better no but right now right now he's he's the best striker. no he's not sam cosgrove is the best striker in scotland I'm, if you say right now i'm glad you i'm glad you mentioned it because there's this weird like rangers fans they're just so desperate to have the best something yeah. like and that's all it is they just want the best something so what they've got is they've looked at morelos and they've just went we've decided he's the best because he scored more goals. and they're comparing it with dembele you know it's never anyone else dembele has obviously haunted Rangers fans. <laughs> they are terrified of Dembele. So it's always better than Dembele. And what I'll say to that is, it's Chris Boyd and Henrik Larson all over again. It's, you've yeah, got yeah, a wee guy who's scored us. hundreds and hundreds of goals against teams in Scotland. but Rangers, they've had a habit of, ever since in kind of recent memory, in the 2000s onwards, they've had a, a spell of having someone every single year before they died right? yeah. but but they had someone every single year they would sign someone that was immediately talked about as the player of the year come like October they did it with Bouguera and <laughs> Queller who was a, a cracking player yeah. in fairness but it, it seemed like he's a dick yeah, <laughs> it seemed like everyone who came after Queller was filling in that those those boots. So every centre half they signed from then on was the best defender in the league it happens with Rangers all the time and as a Celtic fan you're just used to seeing it they'll sign someone a lot of the time no one will ever seen him play but they've just got automatically spoken about in these glowing terms, like Goldson, for example, at the beginning of the season. He's a class. Oh, yeah. Katic as well. Katic, absolutely. It's always hushed tones of like a class act, an absolute class act. <laughs> now the guys get like that staunch hern accent. And, there, yeah, absolutely. What you do is you suck your bottom lip in over your teeth. You go, oh, class act. <laughs> absolutely. Anyway, that's the Aberdeen chat. Yes, that's uh, so a, we, so <laughs> I, we, we shouldn't really look, overlook the Aberdeen game. No, no we the, shouldn't. They are yeah. the informed team. They're now outside of maybe us. And our away form, as Stephen pointed out, is yep. absolutely rotten. But Brendan Rodgers has won every game up in Pataudry so far, mm. hasn't he? We've got a good record. We always seem to turn up and raise a game in the big games like this. We need to win this game first because there's no use going to the Rangers game needing to win to go ahead of them. So if we just see out this game first as well and then we come on to the Huns. I know it's difficult to say prioritise one over the other, but there's no no sense in beating Ab- getting beat by Aberdeen and then beating Rangers because it is free it is more than three points. Yeah, yeah. Beating I, the I, Huns. I but yes. you don't want to go in there having to beat them. No, of course not. No. Uh, you'd like to think that it's always a must win yep. when you play Rangers, but you don't want it to be you know, mathematically the case. Uh, Max Lowe of Aberdeen has been confirmed as being sent back to Derby 
in January. I don't know if that means he doesn't play in this game, though. Is it? it I think he might be getting sent back because of injury. Right, so all right. I, I thought he was a cracking player. He's, he's the left back they had on loan from Derby, and Frank Lampard's been really happy with his with his form here. And I thought it was just a six month loan. That's yeah. Well, it, it's been. I think it was maybe one of those kind of Benkovic setups where it, it could be coming back in January, but but it's been confirmed in the last couple of days that he's definitely coming back. There's no chance of it being extended. No, I think he will play against Celtic, and he, right. he, ha- he has looked good. There's a few players that they've got on form now, so we'll need to be on top form for both these games, I'd say. Did you catch any of the, the post-match tete-a-tete between Derek McInnes and our man Craig Levine again? You know, no, I didn't. You know how this season Craig Levine has been absolutely at it all season? <laughs> That's a good a good phrase for yes, it. He's at absolutely at it all season. He's let the beard grow out a wee bit so he doesn't look like Rolf Harris anymore. <laughs> Still be, a triangular moustache though. Yeah, obviously he must listen to us. So um, he was Craig Levine once again moaning about referees after the game. Derek McInnes went, well that sounds like typical Craig Levine. Craig Levine in the papers this morning saying, is this the same Derek McInnes that was on the phone to me three weeks ago crying his eyes out about the decision he got against Celtic and the sending off no against way. Rangers. Yes. Is that right? Is that a real quote? Uh, look, there you go. Quotation marks. Crying well, his eyes out. It's on a picture of Craig Levine. That, that's how you know it's <laughs> On legit. the internet, yeah. it must be true. <laughs> that's um, absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I've got to, I've got to admire the the snidey Craig Levine hustle. I, I actually quite enjoy it. I'm glad Craig Levine has turned into a sort of, he's like a, a Mr. McMahon type character, only a wee bit more <laughs> snide. But you're right, Melly, we shouldn't look past Aberdeen. They no. are the informed team. Our away form, as we've discussed, is pretty rotten. We don't want to be going into this Rangers game. Trailing. Trailing. The Huns have got a tough game. Lenny goes to Ibrox the same oh, the Lenny. same day. Do us a wee favour again, oh, Lenny. Lenny couldn't even do himself a favour at the moment. He, he done us no... a favour last week, you. What, like, bumping us? And then he <laughs> drew with them. He did us a favour. He beat us and then he drew with them. So he actually done them a favour. He's and a then, professional, isn't he? All right, well, that is. And he, <laughs> he, he got beat off Livingston. I don't expect Lenny's going to get anything off of, off of Rangers at Ibrox. I just, I just I don't know about that. Don't you think so? That. He loves going in at that cauldron. I know he does, but nah, not for me. Um, I think we have to dispatch Aberdeen handily. I don't want us to drop any points yes. there. And then we travel to the cauldron. The cauldron. Mordor, the Death Star. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely agreed. No more drop points. I know these are the two the two hardest games of the domestic month taking Salzburg out of the equation, but no more no more silly drop points. And, and that's what, I think that's what Brendan will be Business saying. That that's what we sent the players, you know. Two games. Ends in sight. Ends in sight. Get yourselves a nice good lead. We'll go to Dubai. We'll come back. There'll be some fresh faces in January. Well, I promise there won't be another. Come on. Promise there won't be another Jack Hendry and Maverick Comper. That's a year Jack Hendry's been here, by the way. Staggering. Awful. Um, then it's on to Rangers. Oh, the piggy. Seven hundred Celtic fans going into the cauldron of doom, <laughs> um, surrounded by Hun hordes. Stephen Gerrard once again, really, really just making friends and influencing people all over Scottish football, isn't he? He's absolutely. I have never witnessed someone. It took. He has bought into the Hun pantomime faster than anybody from the outside I've ever witnessed. I don't know if Jim Trainers are working on for the back, feeding them lines. His latest was when Rangers struggled to overcome St. Johnson. They did score in the last minute. That man Morelos. They had a pitch invasion yeah. again. Third one this season. That's quite impressive for a team that's won fuck all. <laughs> he said we should be getting three points at places like this, and he sneered. No, if that was a if that was a Celtic manager just being wantonly disrespectful to every every opponent he's had this this season, there'd be something being made about this. But 
because it's you know brown brogues and dignity and uh, suits and waistcoats and all that he's telling it like it is you know he's like a big brother contestant if I don't like you I'll tell it in your face that kind of thing we now celebrate it's a but all it is is naivety mm. and, and self-preservation all he's doing yeah. is I've got these standards these are Steven right. Gerrard's standards the players aren't meeting them St Johnson doesn't meet them your pishy league doesn't meet them <laughs> I have got these standards yeah and he needs to, I think he just needs to learn a bit of as Melly said, professionalism, because he has thrown his players under the bus more often in his six short months in Glasgow than Brendan Rodgers has in two and a half years. Do you know what uh, Tommy Wright had to say about Stephen Gerrard's comments after the game? Uh, no. He said this, Enjoy the three points. I hope it makes you happy. Dear Lord, what a sad little life, Stephen. <laughs> you ruined my night completely so you could have the three points. And I hope you spend it on lessons in grace and decorum. <laughs> because you all have all the grace in, of a reversing dump truck without any tyres on. So he took it well. <laughs> he took it well. <laughs> um, let's be more serious, Melly. So I'm coming to you. Yes. What do you want to see? Tell me the lineup. Tell me how we're going to shape up here against uh, the Huns. I want to see a Hun scalping. It's my favourite thing to do. I want to see it, so we go back with a tried and tested Lustig back in, no matter how good Ralston's been, Boyata in, Tierney in, Benkovic. That's your solid back four. Then we go Scott Brown, Cal McGregor. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. You can't just go, is... can't just be going Scott Brown, Cal McGregor, you're going to need to expand on that one. Oh, no. What's happening? Where are they? No need to, I think, it's difficult leaving Cham out, but I think if it was McGregor, Brown and Cham... Not enough dynamism in there, so we need that one that's going to break beyond, which is Ryan Christie. McGregor is in no matter what, and a game like that, I think it's just better for Scott Brown. Bring on in Cham later on in the game when we've maybe got the lead, hopefully, and just keep a hold of the ball. Sinclair out in the left, Forrest out in the right, King Eddie up top. There is your Christmas dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Very difficult to argue with that. Just as, as a wee aside here, do you think Scott Brown... And Olivia and Cham are getting to that stage we've we got to a couple of years ago on this podcast where it's kind of like the Scott Brown beat on Quandary. Mm-hmm. They can't really play in the same midfield. Both good players in their yep. own right, but don't necessarily blend all that well together. I don't know. I mean, the, the, there's a history of Scott Brown and Cham playing really true, yeah. playing really well together. I think what's happening is Cham is just a bit off form at the moment, mm. and I think the other players in the team, namely James Forrest, namely. Edward or Griffiths when he's fit I think they're enjoying playing with a bit more dynamism behind them especially James Forrest It's maybe not off form he did have the wee injury and the players that came in just happened to hit form so he's not been dropped back in like maybe previously when we thought we needed him he's a good player to have, he did well in the two games where he did come in so there's options in there, this is all looking at the Aberdeen game, hoping we get through that unscathed, so we don't know what's going to happen during that, obviously. So this is just the lineup we like to see, but we just have to wait and get through that game. But that, if everybody was fit, that's the team I'd go with for now. I just want to beat them. I don't care. 5-1, 1-0, anything. Just beat them, because there's a nice wee gap after that, and I want them stewing over it for a couple of weeks. I want that. Stephen, uh, serious, serious head on now. I'm talking okay. to you seriously and your polar bear jumper. <laughs> um, how much of a, a threat do you think Rangers pose as far as other teams in the league go? Because, I mean, they are second. They're second by rights. Um, yeah, they are. And, and you know, law of averages says 
they're going to win one of these games. How um, how likely do you think that is now? How much of a threat do you think they pose as an opponent? It, much the same. You know, they say the form book goes out the window in these games, but I don't really agree with that. Mm. That's the kind of thing that you say when two teams are more evenly matched than Celtic and Rangers yeah. should be on paper. That that pattern tends to stem from a day when there wasn't much between the two yeah. teams. Form book shouldn't go out the window. Celtic should be favourites in these games. I don't think form book has really ever went out no, the window. I think that's just something just, Sky say uh, to yeah, sell the game. It's the cliche about every every local derby. That's that's what they say. It's not it's not just a necessarily a Celtic Rangers thing, but it tends to be, you know, you wouldn't say like Barcelona versus Espanyol or the form book is out the window. You know, it's, that, that's not applicable there. So Celtic will be the favourites. However, what I've just said about their waveform with Aberdeen does come into this a bit. Now, almost without fail, Celtic have turned up in these games since they came back into some sort of existence. A couple of draws peppered in there mm-hmm. um, and the, the Dyla debacle aside, right? but since Brendan Rodgers came Ooh. in, it's been almost near One enough plain traffic, sailing. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not to be taken lightly, much like Aberdeen. I know there's people out there, there's a certain section of Celtic fans who will just never acknowledge the fact that they are a team, just like to laugh at them constantly, and within reason. They've they've not done anything to deserve anything other than contempt, but in Alfredo Morelos they have a player who is dangerous, there's no doubt about that. I know he hasn't scored against Celtic yet, but if Celtic had a player on 19 goals at this stage of the season, we'd be talking about him. You, know, you would get people saying oh, he'd walk into any top four team in in England and all, all that kind of Maybe. thing. Aye. I mean, people weren't saying that about Lee Griffiths when he right, Well, that, that's that's probably true. But even I, you'd need to go back a fair a fair while to to find Griffiths having scored. I don't even think the season he got forty had this that amount no. of goals at this point. I mean, there's no denying the boy has scoring goals. Yes, he he, there's no doubt, and he's, he's proven that he's a good SPFL striker. Whether he can do it against Celtic, I don't know. But one thing I won't be backing on is. Well, he's never scored before against Celtic, so he definitely won't yeah, do it again. You carry yeah, that on that's, that's not true. So, one thing I'll say about this is, and I've watched a bit of Rangers recently. In this league, there are three or four teams the standard of Rangers. Hmm, you know, right. Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, Hearts, maybe Hibs on their day can produce a performance the likes of which Rangers can produce. But there's only one Celtic. Yes. There's only one Celtic, and I watched Rangers. We, we discussed that a couple of weeks ago against Villarreal, and then I watched them their following league game. And I'm, I, I'm, they're they're not a good team. They're not a good team. If Celtic plan properly and execute the way that we know they can, and we say this all the time, and it's the same for every game. It's a bit of a platitude. It's meaningless, but Celtic do seem to turn it on for these games against Rangers. If Celtic play the way that they're capable of playing, if both teams are at their best, Celtic will blow Rangers away. Because Rangers aren't a good team. You know, they've got McGregor, who is a good player. Yeah, he's excellent now. Yeah. They've got Morelos, who's a good player. But once again, you look at that Rangers team and you think, how many of them would get in the Celtic squad? I mean, no, none. No. None, That's... really. I mean, with the exception of, I mean, you'd probably take Morelos at the moment because we've only got one fit striker. If you're talking about squads, there maybe there maybe are some. I would have to probably think about that. But in terms of first 11, no, it's absolutely... Absolutely so it comes McGregor. back, yeah. It comes back to that whole thing. The only Rangers, the only way Rangers are going to beat us is if we have a bad day. But I think it's important to go to Ibrox and beat Rangers. And it comes back to what I was talking about with Stephen Gerrard. I think the guy needs a, a wee reminder of of his of his position and things here hmm. because he is very arrogant. He seems to be. He seems to be, he beats it. Oh, well, that means we're a class above. He doesn't seem to show any respect to, no. to really anybody. And I think a, a hiding off Celtic might just you know remind him. Any sort of beating will do, because it leaves him going into this break, stewing over that, as we said, and 
he'll do what he's done already and absolutely flame his players and say they're not good enough when you brought them all here basically you've signed what 14 players and see if it was any other manager if this was this time last year and Kashinia was coming out saying these things he'd be getting ripped apart but it's because it's Steven Gerrard and because he was a good player he's been allowed to do this it, it wouldn't be accepted any any no. other time it would be laughed at because you can't you can't go in to a smaller club in the club you played at and expect the standards to be like that in a smaller league he's fair change they shouldn't by the way Stephen was it last season he said this will be the year that Rangers finally beat us didn't he Me, you we... said Celtic I'm not claiming yes. that one <laughs> I, I, no, can't, I can't remember you sat here and said in all likelihood, yes, to next year. Oh, right, yes, it was one yes. of these kind of throwaway things. Aye, right, aye. I oh, think I do remember that. that. Look, Brendan Rodgers, 100% record at Ibrooks, 100% record at Pataudry. He keeps that up. We are in for a good one next week, boys. We are in for a good one. See, just on, you, you mentioned their Rangers signings. It's kind of slipped under the radar a wee bit that at least two of them now have been sent up the road, like just yeah. snuck out the back door. Think of the all the stuff surrounding the Musonda thing. A very similar thing happened. They came in, made no impact, and, and was sent back, really. But we've had to deal ever since then with all this stuff. Oh, well... <laughs> Teams won't send their players to, to Celtic on loan because this is how they get treated. But there's one guy from Liverpool, one guy from Roma have just been sent packing. Yeah, you know, they just it. said, literally, Ajaria just said, fuck this. Aye. You know, he'd send me back home. Um, Ajaria, by the way, features on the Sunderland Till I Die Netflix. Is he? Yeah. Ah, he, well, he's he was playing for Sunderland. He was brought in. Have you watched any of that? No, yeah. As in, I said, get it watched. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, right. And to continue the Rangers thing, Martin Bean is Martin Bean. <laughs> Mr. Bean. <laughs> well, he is. He's like yeah. a Mr. Bean type character. Martin Bean is on it and he's hilarious. <laughs> so that's the Glasgow Derby. I think the general consensus on this podcast is Celtic have got it within them to win. Yes. They just need to make sure they play well and don't have one of these terrible off days because you can't allow even the, the slimmest glimmer of hope for Rangers at the moment. No, absolutely not. Um, we, we keep saying it. Somehow, we keep have a la- having a laugh at their performances, but somehow, some way, they are still clinging on to the coattails. And that's that's Celtic's fault. That's They shouldn't have been let, shouldn't have allowed this to happen, should have torn away from Rangers by now. Even even against St. Johnston, they were led to believe they were absolutely terrible and just Morelos just stole a couple of goals out of nowhere. But... Yeah, I completely agree. This is Celtic's game to win or lose, depending on the performance they put in. Uh, but I just want to say, look, it's not the end of the world if Rangers win. No, it absolutely isn't. No. They, they, they will win one of these games sooner or later. It's not the end of the world, and they're going to have a fucking almighty party the minute that they do. But I just don't think it's going to be this December. No. Last game before the break, go in in a high, boys. Go in in a high. Every time we ask Celtic to turn up in these games... 99.9% we do. That's what I'm expecting. Two big performances. Get your wee break. Get up to January. Get a couple of fresh faces in and just press on for the rest of the season. So people will be asking us, boys, you're always talking about Celtic going on a break, but please don't tell us you're going on holiday <laughs> over Christmas. <laughs> well, listener, I can assure you that we certainly are not. We are still committed to our TMT schedule. Um, we're going to meet up for 
the annual TMT Christmas Day Out on Boxing Day, and we're going to record a podcast on that day for the patrons. Most likely drunk. Most likely drunk, yep. Um, and if you're interested in the Patreon, you can check that out at patreon.com slash 20minutetims. Thanks for that, because I've actually left myself a note here saying, say the address, because I never do it. I caught myself doing it last week, and I, I just didn't give the People address. People tweet us, say, you talk about this Patreon, what is it, and where can I find it? Because <laughs> we're terrible, terrible salesmen. salesmen. Yeah. Well, that's exactly why. Just um, a word on the Patreon, we have been running uh, 12 streams of Christmas blog, we've been a blog out. That is some serious work. Yeah, every day since the twelfth, we've been giving people recommendations what to watch with a baby over Christmas in that wee period in between Christmas and New Year where you're doing nothing. So and some of it, some really good stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of good Celtic content that was out there that I didn't realise was out there. Um, and we will be back with the regular podcast one more before uh, we we bring 2018 to a close. And the transfer window slams open. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, any other business? Well, there's been a few wee bits and bobs of, of Celtic-related business this contracts week, Contracts everywhere. There's contracts flying Nelly over. mentioned it earlier. Callum, Callum McCracker, McChristmas yep. Cracker, signed a, a new contract to 2023. Um, can How many years is that? How good's your maths? That's five. Oh, jeez, well. A five-year contract for Callum McGregor, much deserved. Yep, yep. Um, good to see him get the captaincy. His first game after that, thoroughly deserved. One of the first names in the team sheet these days. Another academy graduate here for the long haul. Um, another academy graduate, Karamoko Dembele, just signed a three-year deal. He's not even a graduate yet. He's, no, he's, he's not. He's very he's, much in the academy here. He looks every... What did you say, 15? 15. Hmm. He looks every day of it. He is a wee boy. <laughs> he is a wee boy. And he's just signed a three-year deal now. A few people were on Twitter saying, you know, that's not much of a commitment for someone that age, but it is actually the maximum length of contract mm, right, a player okay. at that Makes age sense. can sign. So he's committed as much of his future to Celtic as he possibly could, which is good to see. With the Karamoka Dembele thing, it's a surprise, to be honest, because I thought oh, we'll see a wee bit of him as a schoolboy and then he'll probably be off to Chelsea and then on loan to Vitesse Arnhem and then we'll he'll kind of dot around Europe a wee yeah. bit. But to have committed... At least the first portion of his professional career to Celtic is absolutely great news. I'd, I'd love to see him involved in some way yeah. during that time, but who knows? It would be good to see him involved because that was my first thought. I'm like between 15 and 18 and just tight, but I'm like, you're paying this guy a, a full a full time wage. Hmm. How much of a contribution is he actually going to make? Because if he just gets paid and then leaves, then I suppose you never know. You have to show some commitment. That's it. You want to see him coming through. He's watching. The first team just now, and he's seen, as we mentioned earlier, all the academy graduates playing yeah. football. So there is a pathway for guys like him if they're good enough. So it's an easy thing. He could go to Chelsea and go and loan, but they are cracking down on the loans now, well, so that's that might all change. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, the transfer window, as I said, is going to slam open soon. And uh, a few wee whispers coming out have been linked with, as you touched on, Andy Carroll, Jermaine Defoe. Don't really see much. Don't really see much business happening as far as those two are concerned. Oh, it reminds me. It's my favourite one since the. Do you remember the Roman Pavlichenko and Darren Bent? Yep. Rumours that they were going to sign them. Me and you were just talking offhand a couple of weeks ago. And we just made the joke that all you do to make up a Celtic transfer rumour is take a Premier League striker of repute that isn't playing and just link them to us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Timothy Weir as well. George Wearson linked as well. Oh, was he? A hundred percent. Get him in. I've never seen him play, but absolutely <laughs> do that. He, Andy Carroll, Jermaine Defoe, aye, 100%, but it's clearly nonsense. Yeah. Andy Carroll is a... Croc, almost. Yeah, yeah, he's very, very, very injured indeed, but he's a cracking player, very useful. Jermaine Defoe is now, he must be like 37 or something yeah. by now, but still a, a 
terrific player, and I believe he's he's since taken up veganism to, in a bit to extend his career. Has to, he? Yes. Well, he shouldn't. The, um, the Andy Carroll thing is really strange mm. because that was the first guy Brendan Rodgers punted out when he went to Liverpool and just said that's not my type of striker. He won't be playing. Yeah. It's, um, so now Andy Carroll is the drunkest I've ever seen any footballer. I was on a night out in Newcastle. <laughs> And it was, I was pretty wrecked and it was like three or four in the morning. I was in the casino and Andy Carroll was sitting there like a, like a horrible James Bond. Just, he had just the table to himself and he was falling all over the place. This was a couple of years ago. It'd be ironic if he ended up in Glasgow. Well, my drunkest ever footballer I've ever seen was uh, in the... Nuno prob- Capucho. No, 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 no. I didn't see him. Uh, <laughs> in the early 2000s, probably maybe even late 90s, I saw Kilmarnock stopper Jim Laughlin oh. now, do you remember he was always linked with Celtic and Rangers around about that time Kilmarnock centre half I saw him in the dead centre of the dance floor in Archaos <coughs> on his phone wearing a trench coat Archaos <laughs> at the time was famous for having like one of the biggest sound systems in <laughs> Europe or whatever it was and he was standing in the middle of the dance floor kind of doing a dom jolly and what were mobile phones like at this uh, age <laughs> I mean, Jesus size of your head uh, so that, that was the drunkest I've ever seen a footballer any drunk football stories Melly? don't think so no Okay. None that's big me. <laughs> and on that, we shall end. We just want to say sincere thanks to everyone who contributed large and small to the Chaz support. We tried that for a wee Christmas thing yep. and it's worked out extraordinarily well. It's a fantastic cause and you should all be really proud of yourselves. Thanks to everyone who also bought the mugs and all that money has, has gone to Chaz as well. Um, thanks to everyone who's listened to us and leaves reviews and all that sort of stuff throughout the year. And genuinely, I hope you have a really good Christmas. Let's all do it at the same time. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas,
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.